nothing. We thought Myself away, so you, so you can use me. Begin to pray in other spirit, in other tongues. Kele krene me Jesusha, Rabba dosi kele le 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 ni hasaba yenda le 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 ni akushte parari ni ondos. Oh Rabba bahasaiesta, itololobosayas. In the name of Jesus, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bless you. We exalt and we worship you. Thank you for such an awesome time that you granted unto us to come and enjoy in your presence. We pray for illumination. We pray for enlightenment. We pray that your spirits will come and lead us. That your spirit will come and teach us. That you will direct us. You will grant us wisdom and understanding and revelation and the knowledge of you. We pray. The Bible says the entrance of your word brings light. That lets light come. Let us love light. Let us have understanding. As we are learning about Christ Jesus. Let us grow in the knowledge of him. Thank you Lord Jesus. For teaching us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Just raise up your hands. Lift up your hands and worship the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Kindly have a seat in the name of Jesus. Amen. We want to continue on from where we left off last week. And as you already know, we have started with in-depth teaching. Hallelujah. Amen. We've started with in-depth teaching. So all that we do from now onwards is going to be learning more about what the Word of God is saying. Hallelujah. Not just what we read. We are not just going to look at the logos. Hallelujah. But we want to look at the spoken word that comes out of what God wants us to know. The rhema word of God. We want to compare scriptures with scriptures. So that we will understand what God wants us to know as his children. And where we stand in him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We started with a series on living in Christ. Praise the Lord. We've learned so many things. We based our main scripture on the book of 2 Colossians. Sorry, Colossians chapter 2. That is where we base our scriptures from. Amen. This morning, we are not just going to look at scriptures from the King James Version of the Bible. But we are also going to look at other versions of the Bible. And today we are going to use the Message Bible also. Hallelujah. So that we can get to understand what the Word of God is trying to let us get from it. Amen. So without wasting much time, turn your Bibles with me to the book of Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Hallelujah. 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 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Colossians chapter 2. We are starting from the verse 8. We ended on verse 7 last week. We are starting from verse 8. Are you there? Thank you, Lord Jesus. I believe I believe this series has been of tremendous impact onto your life. That you really learned so many things. You learned a lot. Yes. You've learned so much. And I know your life has been impacted. Because the word of life that we speak unto you brings change. The word of life that we bring unto you brings impact. And you are never the same again when you feed on the word of life. Especially when you meditate on that word of life and you walk according to that word of life. We've been learning what Paul wanted the people in Colossae to know. And he's been telling them about how to live as children of God. We learned that from the verse number 7, Paul was telling them what they needed to do. That Paul told them from the verse number 7 that they needed to, to, to be rooted, hallelujah, in God. That they needed to grow in Him. They needed to be read in Him. Hallelujah. That they needed to be transformed in Him. Through the faith and the knowledge that they've gotten from the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That they needed to be built up and even established in the faith. Hallelujah. That they should even abound in the faith after Christ Jesus. We want to look at what the Bible is saying. We even learned about Eucharistia. You remember? Thanksgiving. That as a Christian, you have to even abound in Thanksgiving. You have to you have to grow in thanksgiving that everything that the lord does for you you have to be thankful hallelujah you have to be thankful today we want to start from verse 8 and i read bible says beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ hallelujah we are told to beware amen beware 
when you look at the Greek word, he's saying, watch carefully, see. Hallelujah. In other words, you have to look on. Perceive. That is what the Bible is saying. You have to look. Be careful and look. He said, lie and look. You know, the Greek word is blepo. It means, yes, watch carefully. It means watch keenly. That is what Paul is saying. For we need to watch carefully. Beware keenly. It's like you watching something, watching out for something, preventing yourself to maybe to be armed in a way by anybody. Hallelujah. Maybe you are walking in darkness or you are walking in a secluded or a quiet place. You have to beware. Hallelujah. Watch carefully. You see, your eyes will be going all around. Hallelujah. Bible says we have to beware. Paul says we have to beware. Why? Because remember I told you something that in this last days, there are so many things that are happening. That even the elect, the children of God, the saints, if we don't take care, we will be misled. Hallelujah. So Paul is saying that beware. Hallelujah. Lest any man spoil you. Hallelujah. Now, the word spoil there, the real meaning is seduce. Hallelujah. Seduce. Seduce means someone trying to lie to you or deceive you in a way to use you hallelujah or in a way of making you do things that you don't want to do the person will seduce you in a way hallelujah Amen. or the person will lead you away that's the real word it will lead you away or seduce you hallelujah Amen. and and when that person seduces you it's possible that that person can cause you to do whatever he or she wants you to do so Paul was trying to tell the people in Colossians now he's talking to us the church that we have to be very very careful we have to be vigilant we have to watch so that nobody will seduce us because it's possible to be seduced it's possible to be misled if you don't have the abundance of Christ in you it's possible to be seduced by anybody and by any wing of doctrine if you are not rooted in Christ Jesus. It's possible to be seduced if you are not firmly built in Christ Jesus. If you are not established in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It's easy to be deceived if you are not abounding in the faith. Hallelujah. He said, you have to beware lest you be seduced. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Through what? Philosophies and vain deceits. The philosophies over here is talking mainly about traditions. It's talking mainly you know, when Paul was talking to the people of Colossae, he was trying to pull their minds 
to the deceit that people are being misled to believe that the Jewish law is what men have to live by. The Jewish law is what fulfills everything. But we live by faith and we are saved by faith. Our salvation is through faith. Grace in Christ Jesus, not by works. So when you go back to the traditions of the Jews, you are going back to the law and works. Hallelujah. It means you are going back to do things on your own. To get yourself saved by your own strength. But it's not possible. Salvation is a gift from God. It is not by works. So nobody can force or boast about it. Nobody can force you to follow after the laws again. Amen. And what was happening around that time was people were being forced to follow the traditions and the philosophies. Statements were spoken by people that they felt causes people to live in a good way. Hallelujah. But it's not by our goodness. It is not by how right we are. It is by the gift of God. Praise the Lord. So it's saying that they should be careful so that nobody misleads them. Praise the Lord. With any vain traditions of people, philosophies, Jewish philosophies, Praise the Lord. And with vain deceit. The word vain here speaks about something which is empty. Deceit which is empty. In other words, words which doesn't even make sense. They don't have any power. They don't carry any weight. People mislead people and they say so many things. And those who don't have knowledge about the truth of God allow those things to mislead them somebody says something that they think that is what God is trying to say but in otherwise the Lord might be saying a different thing and these things mislead people emptiness hallelujah vain deceit the word is kenos vain which is something which is empty. Kenos. Hallelujah. That's the Greek word. Kenos. The meaning is vain. That is empty. So the statement that the person might be saying. Even though it might be a motivational speech. It might even be words taken from scripture. But they might not be the truth. They might not be carrying weight. The person might say it in such a way that you will feel it. But it doesn't carry any power. Because you know what the Bible is trying to say. You know what God is trying to say. So you are not moved by these kind of things. Hallelujah. Paul is saying that you have to be careful. So that you will not be led in this way. That nobody will come and take the Bible and tell you that this is what the Bible is saying. That nobody will recite or say something from scripture. And point out to you that this is what actually God was trying to point it out to you or say to you. Then you have to be careful. Beware. In these last days, people are being misled, redirected to a wrong course. People are being misled to believe certain doctrines of men, philosophies, 
things that would end them up in the right place. And because we don't have knowledge about the truth of God, because we've not grown, we've not developed in the knowledge of the things of God, we just follow after. But my prayer is that we will learn to grow as we meditate on the word of God. After we continue to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, as we continue to pray. Hallelujah. After the traditions of men and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Hallelujah. So Paul is saying that even aside the philosophies, the Jewish philosophies, the things concerning the laws and other things, people are misleading people of the traditions of men. An example is that whenever you're going to eat, you have to wash your hands. You have to clean yourself. The Jewish have a belief that when they go to the marketplace, they go and mingle with un- unbelievers. Hallelujah. People that you meet there, they are Gentiles. Hallelujah. So when they get back to the house, what they do is that they clean themselves. They wash themselves in, in, with water before they even enter into their rooms. They feel cleaning the outside makes the inside clean. So they were, they were very strict on these things. They see the uncleanliness in other people as something which is like a plague, like a cancer, which can spread. Hallelujah. And have an effect on them. So anytime they go out there, they come back, they clean themselves, they wash themselves. Anything that makes them clean. The Lord Jesus Christ told them that you people, you are like an empty tomb that has been washed clean but the inside is dirty. Hallelujah. So, Paul is saying that people will mislead people in these ways. Hallelujah. That we have to be careful that we don't get misled in these ways. Praise the Lord. Because these ways, they are not after Christ. That is what Paul said. Which is not after Christ. They are not after the way you need to live as a Christian. They are not how you need to, you know, act as a Christian. Hallelujah. Paul is saying we have to be careful because those statements can lead us in a way that is not supposed to be. Those words, those teachings can mislead us. Amen. Amen. Why? He said, verse 9, he said, For in him, hallelujah, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the godly head. For in Christ Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. What he's trying to say is that Christ Jesus, even when he came onto this earth, had all the fullness of the divinity of God. He had the Father in him. He had the Son in him. He had the Holy Spirit in him. In bodily form. So whilst he was working on this earth, he had all these personalities in him. So when Jesus Christ was working on this earth, he was working as full human being and 
fully God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The word fully. Hallelujah. Over here is pleroma. Pleroma. And pleroma speaks about something like filling up something. Like a cup which is being filled up. Like a cup which is what? Filled up. It means when Jesus Christ came on this earth, he was completely filled up with God. His spirit was fully filled up with God. There was no space for evil. There was no space for sin. Because he was totally filled to the brain. Hallelujah. Completely with the spirit of God. And Paul was trying to tell them that the completeness of everything is in Christ Jesus. He is the fullness. In other words, when you see Christ Jesus, you have seen God. When you see God, He is in Christ Jesus, walking on this earth, fulfilling whatever the Godhead wanted to be fulfilled. Amen. He said, It's a complete power. Hallelujah. Complete strength. Complete authority is in him. Praise the Lord. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and of power. Hallelujah. Paul is saying we, Christians, we are also complete in Christ Jesus. We are full in him. The way the Godhead is complete in Christ Jesus, we are also complete in Him. In other words, when you look at me, you are looking at Christ Jesus. When you see me, you are seeing the completeness of Christ Jesus in me. That is how I'm supposed to walk. That is how I'm supposed to live. That is how I'm supposed to think as a Christian. And if Christ Jesus has the fullness of the God in Him, it means that I am also having the fullness of the Godhead in me. It means I have God the Father in me. I have the Holy Spirit in me. And I have God the Son in me. Because Christ carries the fullness of the Godhead. And I also have Him in me. And I also dwell in Him. Completely. Hallelujah. Amen. Over here the Bible is even making us understand that as we are completing him we overcome everything we overcome every power in this earth we overcome every principality we overcome every power why because the lord jesus christ is the head of all these principalities is the head of all these powers is the head of all these authorities praise the lord Hallelujah. and because we are in him that power is associated with us and is able to be exhibited hallelujah it's supposed to be manifested in our lives amen it's supposed to be manifested phenerosis that's the Greek word phenerosis phenerosis and that's the expression of the spirit hallelujah anytime the Holy Spirit wants to express himself is phenerosis that is manifestation. 
And when you read the book of First Corinthians chapter 12, it says the manifestation of the Spirit is done through the gifts of the Holy Spirit that is given unto us. Hallelujah. So, you see that the power to overcome principalities, the power to overcome every power is in Christ Jesus. And we are in Him, complete in Him. So, we have power over those things. Paul is trying to tell us that we have power over principalities. We have power over powers. Because we dwell in the Godhead completely. Hallelujah. In whom also, verse 11, in whom also all ye are circumcised with a circumcision made with our hands. Hallelujah. And in putting off the body of sins and of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. This power was able to be possible because you and I, we were circumcised in Christ Jesus. We were circumcised. Circumcision. That is when a male child is given birth to. And the foreskin on the male organ is cut to remove uncleanliness. It is believed that that thing keeps dust or death. Hallelujah. So for you to make that manhood clean, there has to be circumcision. So that you will remove that foreskin. That is easy to take dust. The Lord asked Abraham to circumcise his child on the eighth day, every male child, just to show that you belong to him in the flesh. It is a fleshly way of showing that you belong to God, circumcision. And the Jewish people take so much notice on that thing. If you come in their midst and you have not been circumcised, they see you to be an unclean person. Amen. Amen. But it was a shadow of things to come. It is a way God wanted to show us that for you to be able to come to him, you have to be circumcised of your heart. Hallelujah. Amen. You have to be cut off from uncleanliness, from the things of this world, from sin. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So he said we were sacrificed in the spirit, I mean, through the circumcision that we were circumcised. But not with hand. Over here we call them wanzam. They circumcise male children. Praise the Lord. But God is trying to tell us that this circumcision that took place is not a circumcision made with hands. Why? Because it is spiritual. So if you are sitting here right now and you've been baptized into Christ Jesus, it means you have been circumcised in your heart. The things of the flesh has been taken from you. You've been cut off from sin. That thing has been removed from you. You have to have it at the back of your mind that you are no longer living in the flesh. You have to have it at the back of your mind that you have been separated from sin. And that thing was not done by a human hand. That thing was not done by a human personality. It was that spiritual. Hallelujah. Amen. It was that spiritually. He said, with circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of sins of the flesh 
by the circumcision of Christ. Praise the Lord. So it was Christ Jesus. What he did on the cross of Calvary that caused you and I to be circumcised in the heart. So if you are sitting here right now and you are born again Christian, you've been circumcised in your heart. In the spirit, you've been separated from the things of the flesh. So you have to live likewise. You have to live like somebody who has been separated from the things of the flesh. You have to live like somebody who has been separated from hell, from death, from sin. But you have to live in the light through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. He said we were buried with him in baptism. Where, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operating of God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Bible saying that we were sacrificed with God. That is, we, we were crucified with him. We were buried with him. When Jesus Christ was buried spiritually, you were buried with him. That is why you can stand firm and you say that I live in him. That is why you can stand firm and say I am like him. That is why you can stand and say firmly that the Lord is my life. That is why you can say firmly that I have a new life. Because the old you died when Christ was dying. The old you was buried when Christ was buried. That's what scripture is saying. And the old you was raised back to life. When Christ was raised to life. By faith in him. How? Through the operations of God. Through the doing of God. Through the activity of God. I keep reminding us that it is not what you do. It is not by your power. Bible says by the operations of God. Sometimes we look at ourselves and condemn ourselves. We say, look, I can't do this on my own. This Christ-like life, I can't do it on my own. That is why the Holy Spirit came. This is the reason for the Holy Spirit in your life to empower you. Brothers and sisters, this is the work of the Holy Spirit to empower you to do the work of God. To live the life that Christ Jesus died for you to live. Hallelujah. To fulfill the duties that you've been called to do by the Spirit of the living God. That power was given unto you to fulfill this mandate. Hallelujah. So the Bible says it is through the operations of God. It is not by the operations of man. You living on this earth as a Christian is not by your power. Remember I said it is a gift of God. Salvation is a gift of God. It is the doing of Christ Jesus. It is not a doing of any man. It is the doing of God. So Bible is trying to say that all these things took place through the operations of what? God. Who had raised him from the dead. It was through the operation of God that he raised Christ Jesus. Amen. How did he do it? By the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Amen. The energy. Say energy. That is, that is strength, operation, energy. You see, that's the word that they got 
the word energy from energia that when you are doing something when you are doing you are working you are exerting energy hallelujah Amen. so they are saying that god was able to raise jesus christ through that operation making you and i clean making you and i perfect in him making you and i without any iota of sin in our spirit because it wasn't the flesh that was crucified it was our spirit hallelujah he said we were buried with him let me ask you has your flesh been buried with christ no it is your spirit and when you are raised back from death you raised up with him your spirit became a new person that's how you had a newness of life that's why this is so important to walk in the spirit that is why your concentration has to be more on the spiritual things than physical things because your permanent life will be in the spirit in the end when you die it's going to be in the spirit praise the lord he said and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh had quickened together i think quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses he said look don't let anybody tell you that you are going to hell based on their philosophies and their traditions don't let them tell you that when you don't wash your hand before you eat you are going to hell or you have uncleanliness on you this is the point paul was trying to make he said because of the way they live and their traditions have taken hold of them they are living the life of flesh and they think it's by their power but it's not by their power it is by the operations of god hallelujah Amen. so they tell you that if you do sin the lord will not forgive you they'll tell you that when you lie the lord will not forgive you they tell you that when you have a thread in your heart the lord will not forgive you but over here god is trying to say that it isn't about how you walk it isn't about how you talk it isn't about what you have done in the past it is about the operations of god it is about the doing of god it is about the grace that the Lord has in stock. That just believe it is true faith. So when you are living as a Christian, you have to live by faith in Christ Jesus. For your salvation to be secured, it is true faith. Amen. So when you proclaim and you confess the Lord Jesus Christ, it is a done deal. But because of the condemnations of men, because men have not been able to accept it listen the term gospel or good news means almost too good to be true almost what too good to be true they can't believe it they can't grasp it because spiritual things are foolishness to physical people hallelujah so they'll tell you all these things but paul is saying that look you are not like that you become a new person your spirit being has been sacrificed you are a new person you have newness of life 
So don't let anybody mislead you. That is why he's trying to tell them. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, he has, he has what? 13. And you being dead in your sins. This is talking about something that happened in the past. And you being dead in your sins. You were dead in your sin when you came back from Adam's. You were dead in your sin when you were given birth to. You were dead in your sin when Adam sinned and made the whole human race and sin. But the Bible says, through one man, salvation. Through one man, deliverance was brought. Through one man, sin was taken care of. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. He's saying that, look, you were dead. Those times you were not circumcised in your spirit. Hallelujah. But now you have been sacrificed, baptized in him through the death and burial of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, when that happened, he has quickened you together with him, having forgiven all trespasses. Listen, after God gave you life, after you received salvation, hmm? He quickened you together with him. He brought you together with himself. He joined you together with him. Bible says we are joined head together with Christ Jesus. He joined you what? Together with him. He wants you to have this at the back of your mind. That you are joined head. You are joined together with Christ Jesus. You are no longer living under sin. You are no longer living under the power of sin. Sin doesn't have dominion over you. You are living because of the operations of Christ Jesus under the power of God. So you don't have to allow sin to have dominion over you. This is who Christ Jesus has made you. Not what other people are saying. Not what people are condemning you about. Hallelujah. He said, he said you have been sacrificed, circumcised with him. Hallelujah. Amen. And the word trespass there, do you know what the word trespass means? It means, he said, paraptoma. Say paraptoma. The word trespass means that you, 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 you slept. Hallelujah. Amen. You slept or you, you did an error. Hallelujah. Amen. This is what it means. Like, mistakenly you fell. When you sin, it's a mistake. You fell. When you sin, it's a mistake. You mistakenly fell. Or you mistakenly did it. It's trespasses. That's the word trespasses. Hallelujah. Or transgression is a false. Transgression is a fault. Hallelujah. But the word trespass means what? You side sleep. Or you lapse. Or you deviated. Like you are worshipping God every day. You are praying every day. Then you just slept. That, that day you didn't have fellowship with God. Or you just slept. You insulted somebody mistakenly. It's a mistake. Hallelujah. Bible says we have been forgiven of all those things. I'm here to tell you today, even the sin that you did yesterday, you have been cleansed. Before you go to church this morning, the sin that you did, that you committed, the sin and things that you touched in your heart, the Lord has forgiven you. In the name of Jesus. So he said you have been cleansed and you have been forgiven all your trespasses. Hallelujah. 14 said, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against you. Look, there was an ordinance, an handwriting 
that was against all of us. That we have, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Hallelujah. He said, we have all sinned and we have fallen short of the glory of God. Therefore, there is curse for us. We are going to die. But the Bible says that the Lord Jesus Christ blotted out these transgressions. He blotted out this unwriting. What has been spoken about you? What has been said about you? The death that you are supposed to face. The death penalty that you are supposed to face. Hell that you are supposed to go to. The Lord himself blotted it out. He took it out. Hallelujah. Let, let me really show you the meaning of the word blotting out. The meaning of the word blot out is to smear out. To smear out. That is to erase. It means that what has been written about us in the book of life was made possible because Christ's blood cleansed what has been written about us in that book of condemnation, in the book of judgment. Christ's blood smeared it. He blotted it out. He cleansed it in that book. That's what it means. He said Christ cleansed it with his blood. He cleansed what has been written about Auntie Pat, about Auntie Rose, about Michael. He cleansed it. So when they look inside that book, nobody will see your name written in the book of judgment. When that book is open, nobody will see that your name has been written about in that book. Why? Because Christ has already what? Cleansed it with his blood. Say, my, my sins have been cleansed. My name has been blotted out from hell by the blood of Jesus. So you see, he has cleansed it. The word is exalilio. Hallelujah. Exalifo. Sorry, exalifo. Say exalifo. That is blotting out. Exalifo. It means the Lord has wiped it with the blood of Jesus. Hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. So he has brought it out, that name, the handwriting, that name against us. Hallelujah. He said that was against that. Which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Amen. So when he raised that thing, it was nailed onto the cross. How was that done? Why was that done? It was nailed to the cross so that everybody would see that you and I, our sins, have been blotted out. For all the world to see. Do you know where they used to sacrifice them? When they are going to do crucifixion, they go and put them on a high mountain. Where they crucified Jesus Christ was called Gorgota. The place of scar. Because they've been crucified people there were. So they put Jesus Christ with the two other armed robbers, the thieves, side by side, and he was in the middle. So that when you are even down there, and you raise up your head, you see them on the mountain, which will tell you that, look, don't do this. Make sure you are not crucified. Make sure that you don't find yourself here, because it's a disgrace. And naked, they were crucified naked. You see the movies you'll be watching, that they've covered, him with some cloth or whatever. No. They crucified him naked. You are not wearing anything. So, aside you being shamed, 
It's a curse on you. The Bible says, curse is anyone who hangs on a tree. So Jesus Christ was hanged so that everybody will see that he became a curse for us. As a testimony that that curse that you will die and go to hell. That curse that you have been condemned into hell. That curse that you are a sinner. Everybody will see that he has became, became, became a curse unto you. That that is it. The curse that you bore is no more there. One person has taken over the curse. The Bible said, and he blotted out our transgressions, our sins. And he nailed it on the cross. So when Jesus Christ on the cross, anybody anywhere was seeing him. And he's saying that, wow, it means that, look, the sins of everybody is being hanged on the cross. The sins of every generation is hanging there on the cross. When you look back into history, you will know that that sin that everybody speaks to you about, that they condemn you about, has been already hanged on the cross. So you turn them back and you say, look at what happened in Calvary. Look at what happened at Calvary. Look at what happened on the cross. That sin has been blotted out and it has been hanged on the cross. That sin that you condemn me with has been hanged on the cross. When you lift up your head, you will see that on the cross, my sin is on the cross. My sin has been blotted out. It has been erased. But for you to know that truly, truly it has been erased, this is the sign. The Bible says he hanged it on the cross. So when the Lord Jesus Christ that he hung your sin on the cross. When the father looks at you, he doesn't see sin. He sees righteousness in Christ Jesus. Because that blood has wiped that fault. That blood has wiped the sins. That blood keeps speaking. Hallelujah. That blood continues to talk on your behalf. He has wiped it. So when he looks into the book, he doesn't see your name. He sees the blood. That writing that was written about you, the Lord has wiped it. And he hung it on the cross. On Calvary. I am cleansed by the blood. I am holy. And I'm righteous. Because of Christ Jesus. I am who I am today. Because of Christ Jesus. It is by his power. That I'm able to live. And have my own being. Okay. Bible says he has. Wiped away that thing. Praise the Lord. Okay. Hmm. How? By nailing it on the cross. Ha. Let me tell you something. Anytime somebody tries to condemn you. Or the devil tries to condemn you. Using your whole mind. I want you to remember these words. My sins have been blotted out. And they've been nailed on the cross by Christ Jesus. Where are your sins? They have been nailed on the cross. Where are your sins? They have been nailed on the cross. If somebody sees you, you are not a sinner. Your sins have been nailed on the cross by Christ Jesus. This is amazing. Listen, the thoughts that they think about you that you are going to go to hell is not possible. Do you know why it's not possible? Do you know why you can't go to hell? It's because 
the blood of Jesus Christ has erased your name. Listen. If Christ erases your name with the blood, what are you going to write on top of that blood? You can't write anything that will go back onto that book again. He has erased it once and for all. Christ Jesus has erased your sins once and for all. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is it that thought that you have at the back of your mind? That thing that you wish should happen to that man? That thing that you wish should happen to that teacher because he shipped you? Because he disgraced you in front of your friends? We've all been students before. That thought that you wish would happen to that person who hated you, the Lord has forgiven you. Don't condemn yourself about it. Again. He has cleansed it with his blood. He has wiped it. He has wiped your slate clean. He has erased it. This one is not an artificial erasement, eraser. This is a supernatural eraser. A supernatural blood. He has used to erase your name. You see, I want you to have this thing at the back of your mind. That anytime people are thinking about going to hell, you shouldn't be worried about going to hell. I'm telling you today. Don't worry. Don't worry. You see, the thoughts, I'm telling to you directly. The thoughts that you've been having, sometimes that you are worried about hell. Don't let it worry you. Are you getting me? Don't let it worry you. It, it, that slate has been cleansed. It is clean. Clean. Are you listening? It is clean. You can't go to hell. You can't go to hell. Listen to me carefully. You can't do what? You won't go to hell. If it's, it's, it's because of hell, that you've been coming to church. You are missing the point. Yeah. You are missing the point. You should rather come to church because of what Christ has done for you and for you to learn about what he has done and how you will be able to appropriate to those things in your life. You shouldn't come to church because of hell. That thing has been erased. It has been what? Erased from your life. Your name has been erased from that book. Bible says what? <laughs> Blotting out the unwriting of ordinance. That was. It didn't say that is against you. It said that was. The word is what? Was. See, when we are learning the word of God, we have to take it one after the other. It didn't say that the, the sins, the ordinance, that is against you. But that was. It is in the past. It is what? In the past. It is in the past. How relieving and how revealing is this word of God? That my seeds was blotted out in the past. You see, when you are giving birth to, it is believed that you came onto this earth with sin. Until you will get to know that your sins have been forgiven, you will live in that sin. That knowledge that you are a sinful person. But it has been blotted out. Bible says it was. 
that thing that was written about you, that was written about you, has been blotted out. The ordinances, that condemnation, that judgment, that was passed against you, has been erased. Let me, let me explain it further. It's like you have stolen something. Or it's like you have murdered somebody. You have murdered somebody. What is the sentence for death? For murder? Life imprisonment. Or death. Hallelujah. Amen. So, you have murdered somebody. And you are supposed to die. I want you to listen to this thing carefully. You are supposed to die. Now, that case went to court and judgment was passed on your case. And they said, you are going to be hanged. You are going to be killed by hanging. That was the verdict. You are going to be killed by what? Hanging. So it is in a record, right? It is in a record of the court. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ha 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 now, if the verdict has been given and they said you are going to die by hanging, are you listening? It means you don't have any other option. Maybe if you have your last words, you say it. Sometimes they don't even give you the chance to say your last words. Then they send you, they go and hang you, you will die. Still, that verdict, that judgment still remains in the court of law. It remains in the books that, oh, so and so did this and that and that. So he was killed. That was the judgment. He was hanged. So that book still remains. Other people will come. Years will pass. Hundred years, thousand years will pass. That statement is still there. Somebody can go into archives and get that statement. Hallelujah. Amen. But do you know what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us? This is what he did. So you have been given a verdict that you are going to be hanged to die. Do you know what he did? He came to stand in your stead. And then he said, look, judge, this man, I am going to stand in for him because the life of a thing is in the blood. And because a life for a life. So I'm coming to stand in for him so that you kill me in his stead and let him go free. That is one part. Listen up. So Jesus Christ came to stand in so that they won't kill you, so that they will kill him. But it wasn't only that. He said, but you are not just going to let him go free. You are going to erase everything that you have about him. You are going to erase everything that he did from your books so that even when people come into archives 
Even when people about 100 years, 1,000 years come back and come and look into this book, they won't see him. They won't see his name. They won't see that sin that he committed. They will only see what I did. Are you getting what he did? So, in the mind of God, who is the supreme judge, he doesn't see you as a sinner. <laughs> you are not getting this thing. In the mind of God, in the sight of God, in the books of God, God doesn't see you as a sinner. You see, Paul, when you study the book of Colossians chapter 2, there are two things. There is a sin and then there is trespasses. That's why I always take you into the Greek and then bring you to what? English for you to understand. I don't think the message Bible version we can go through. Alright? Listen, let me explain to you so that you understand. There is sin. There is transgression. There is trespasses. Are you listening carefully? My brothers, listen so that you can go and explain it. There is what we call sin. And then there is what we call trespass. There is what we call transgression. Hallelujah. Now, I want to show you something. Paraptoma. Hallelujah. Sin. Praise the Lord. Sin is to err, to do a mistake. Hallelujah. Trespass is to do a mistake unintentionally. Listen. So sin comes in when sometimes eh, transgression links to sin. Transgression, it's linked to sin. That you know bad that what you are doing and you do it. But trespasses, you do it mistakenly. That is why the Lord Jesus Christ said, and forgive us our... He didn't say, and forgive us our sins. He said, forgive us our trespasses. Even though the same word for trespass is paraptoma. In the Greek. Transgression, paraptoma in the Greek. Listen, transgression is what? Forefoot. Offense. Hallelujah. An offense. You committed it. Hallelujah. But trespass is you side sleep. That is you deviated. You lapse. Hallelujah. It's like you were coming there and you tip and you fall. You didn't do it intentionally. That's what we call trespass. You are trespassing. Hallelujah. So you see, normally, eh, he said, when you confess your sins, when you do what? Confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse you of all what? Unrighteousness. We are learning something, right? Now look, I'm explaining something to you. Sin 
is for unbelievers. So when you are speaking to unbelievers, you can say they are sinners. You can associate sin to unbelievers. But you can't associate sin to a believer. So a believer doesn't say, I have sinned. A believer says, I have what? Or a believer will say, I am backsliding. A believer doesn't sin. A believer backslides. A believer trespasses. Are you following it? But an unbeliever sins. And an unbeliever is in sin. So Paul is saying, when you confess that sin, it's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of unrighteousness. It means it will translate you from unrighteousness and translate you into what? Righteousness. In Christ Jesus, his son. Because righteousness is found in Christ. Hallelujah. Are we learning something here? So, in the sight of God, when you trespass, it is not sin. When you backslide, it is not sin. I'm not the one saying it. That's what the Bible is saying. Look at where Paul used sin. You see, we are, I love it when we are studying here. Yeah? Look at where Paul, look at where Paul, uh, look at where Paul used the word sin. Hallelujah. Look at where Paul used the word sin. The same Colossians chapter 2. The same, we are in the same thing. But one is sin and one is what? Trespass. I want you to look at where Paul used sin, the word sin. So that you understand it well. Lord, we thank you. Are you writing it? Are you writing it? Tabalo So you see, normally we don't just need to write scriptures. You have to write the notes so that you can take a look at it and know what pastor said. You understand me? Listen. Listen. Listen to what Paul said. Where there was sin. I want you to look at something. Where Paul used the word sin. We are teaching. Are you listening? We are teaching you the word of truth so that we won't mislead us. Hallelujah. Look at where, where he used the word sin. Verse 11. To verse 11. He said, In whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made with our hand, in the putting off of the body of the sins. Alright, so you see that the sin was associated with the body when they had not come unto Christ. Hallelujah. Body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Hallelujah. So they were now going to be circumcised unto Jesus Christ. So they were in sin. Hallelujah. But after they became Christians, then what comes in again? Verse 13. It said, and you being dead in the past, <laughs> the, the, the answer is even there, there again. The verse 30 he said, And you being dead in your sins 
and be you being dead in your what sins in the past hallelujah and the uncircumcision of your flesh had he quickened this is something that that took place had he quickened together something that took place had he what quickened together hallelujah that is conjoined re-eminate he created he reformed it he remade it again and he quickened together with him having forgiven you all what trespasses hallelujah so he has forgiven you all those trespasses oh hallelujah so when he forgive you he cleansed it with an eraser blotting out right blotting out remember the word i said have you what blot out exalifo exalifo that's the word blotting out you see we are learning every day hallelujah blotting out praise the lord He has blotted out our sins. So he said, having, having, having blotted out, uh, 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 and then he said, and having sport principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So he sport principalities and powers and made a show over them after he triumphed over them. Hallelujah. After he had a victory over them. So therefore, like I said, when God looks at your name in the book of life, He doesn't see a sinner. Because that thing has been cleansed as a leafful. It has been used, and eraser cleanses it. When you do a mistake, you cleanse it with an eraser, am I lying? And it's not sin. This is it. It has been cleansed. That is what the Lord Jesus Christ did. So, when the Lord looks back in his books, he will never see any sin that you have ever committed. This is the good news. This is what the good news is. Almost too good to be true. So then I know you are asking in your mind that, hey, so the sins that are, you are trespassing, you are backsliding. So all these things I'm doing, you're backsliding. You're backsliding. You are not sinning. You are backsliding. You are not sinning. He is not saying it in the book that has the names of sins. He is not seeing it. We'll continue from here next week. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember, we are going to continue from here next week. And keep it at the back of your mind. The Lord doesn't see you in that book again. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Please be outstanding. <laughs>